The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Thank you so much for joining us today right here on The Shepherd Afternoons with Mike. My guest in the studio, boy, it's been a couple of years since he's been here, but I'm glad to have him back. Chaplain David Outing. Uh, we've got a story to tell in a moment, but David, first of all, welcome back to The Shepherd. Man, it's so good to be here. Um, it's uh, exciting just to be back uh, in the studio and things a little bit different and better since we were here the last time. And that's exactly right. <laughs> we, you, we were done uh, functionally with Studio A, but this uh, would have been during that time post-COVID uh, coming out and messing all of our lives Mm-hmm. Messing the feng shui of our lives all to pieces, right? Mm-hmm. And and we had to have all of our guests. You were one of uh, the ones that had to do this uh, in order to obey and keep with the regulations that we were being asked to do. Mm-hmm. We had to socially distance ourselves. Mm-hmm. So you were literally sitting in our lobby, and I'm in the <laughs> studio, and we could see each other, but we were in different rooms. And I'm just grateful. We that made it through. So we, we made it through. We made it happen. And uh, you were up here that day. You had just also been a guest at my church, at Metro Life Church, mm-hmm. and uh, you brought the Sunday message back then. And it was in 2020. And I got to say, you lit it up that day. You had a couple of statements that I think, well, it, it, the people that didn't fall out of their chairs <laughs> were definitely listening if they were if they were not listening that much before that you got their attention and it was amazing. Mm. Uh, go ahead and tell us one of those phrases that you dropped on us that day. Well, the title of the message was black lives don't matter. Colored people do. (laughs) And so both of those statements, uh, just, uh, draws people in because uh, I like to use shock value titles to, um, create messages because, (laughs) I want people to be drawn into what I'm going to say because I'm taking you to the cross. I'm going to take you to Jesus. If you keep listening, we're going to take you to the cross where the blood of Jesus covers us. And if we all get covered in the blood, we're all red people. And that's where the colored people come in. We're colored red by the blood of Jesus. So, And that's the color that matters the most. Yeah, I, I remember that when you uttered that phrase, it was like the oxygen was just sucked right out of the room. It was like... Wow, what is he meaning by this? Now this, I know that he means something. And you you brought that through, colored by the blood of Jesus. Yeah, and that came from Philippians, uh, the third chapter, where Paul literally talks about his ethnicity, his, his, um, his culture, mm-hmm. where he came from, who he was religiously, culturally, communally. And uh, he said, all that means nothing. The only thing that really matters is his connection to Christ. And he even said in the third chapter that I just want to know him. I want to know him and the power of his uh, resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering and the power of his resurrection. He just want to know him because everything else, my color, my culture, mm-hmm. my ethnicity, where I came from, my church, my denomination, being a fair, none of that means anything. That is exactly why I love listening to you so much, David, because you are one of those people 
that speak the truth. And if anyone, anyone is around you, uh, they may hear you say the statements like what you did that morning with us, which was a little bit of shock value, just like you uh, <laughs> said. But right behind that is the sincerity of one who really knows the Lord. Mm-hmm. And in your words, you're going to take them soon uh, to the cross. That's, Absolutely. That's going to happen. And and I think what makes you so good at this and so comfortable at this is that you're in with people all the time in different scenarios. Mm-hmm. You're in the business world. You're wh- Whether you're speaking on a Sunday morning in a church building, both of those things are are just prime for the message of the gospel. Absolutely. And, and I'm not telling people not to be proud of who they are and where they come from. I'm grateful to be an American. I'm grateful to be a Floridian and Orlandoan. I'm grateful to be black. I'm grateful for how I grew up. I'm grateful for the church that I grew up in. Um, I'm just grateful for who I am. But when you compare all of that to who I really am and who I am as a image bearer of a holy God, if you have all those things but don't have Jesus, it don't mean anything. Mm-hmm. So really having Christ, and I think this was what Paul was saying. Yeah, that when goes you got, back to that. When you got Jesus, it makes you a better version of yourself. It makes me a better American. It make, Being a Christ follower makes me a better community person. It makes me better uh, as a black man in America. It makes me better as a husband, a father, a dad, grandfather, all of that. Whatever you want to label me in. I need Jesus to make me a better version of all of that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what Paul was communicating. That's uh, well said, man. I love it. Now, you were here again two years ago. David, our country has changed in two years. Wow. I mean, we are farther down that cultural slide uh, than we were even when you and I talked before. And back then, you and I would have talked not long after the unfortunate situation with George Floyd the beginning of many difficult months, but we've seen the divide actually widen since you were last with us. Yes. And and our country has become more divided. You know, our pledge of allegiance says one nation under God, indivisible. That means undivided, Mm -hmm. but we're more divided than ever before. But president Reagan said something so prophetic in 1984. He says, um, If America ever forgets that we are one nation under God, we'll be a nation gone under. That's right. We'll be a nation gone under. And so the the division that we're seeing, and we see it even in the church, there are churches divided, denominations are divided because there's this reinterpretation or a cultural interpretation of scripture, but the scripture doesn't change. The scripture, uh, God, God meant what he said when he said it. And it doesn't change over time because of culture. And so people are divided. And when you see the church divided, the nation becomes more divided because we're, we're moving further and further away from God. And when you move from God, then the result of that is division. It is all the things that we're seeing today. That's why Jesus prayed. What was, what was that main prayer mm-hmm, he prayed mm-hmm. in John 17? Mm-hmm. Father, make them one. Make them one. Just God. Keep them together, Lord. Let them stay unified. Because if they do, the world will know that you have sent me. Mm-hmm. But then the enemy comes to divide us, but he won't allow division in his own kingdom. Because mm-hmm. Jesus said a kingdom divided against itself can't stand. Even the enemy won't even allow division in his kingdom 
right? But he wants division in your marriage, your family, the church, and everywhere in our community. That's why we have to fight it. And the only way to fight it is that we love our neighbor as ourselves, and our neighbor is everybody other than you. Mm-hmm. Everybody other than me is my neighbor. You're my neighbor. Mm-hmm. So I got to love you like I love myself. That's right. And if we don't do that, more and more division is happening in our nation. And there seems to be so many people that would be either in government or in charge of different agencies that are not really caring about that. They don't see it, and it seems almost like a purposeful invitation to more division that's going on in our country today. That's heartbreaking, isn't it? It, it actually is. It kind of reminds me of the time of the judges when the Bible says that people were doing what was right in their own eyes. That's right. Because there was no king that ruled over them. And when, when, when we're not under uh, or following the, the leadership of our Lord and Savior, as he has prescribed in his word, then that leaves people to do what they want to do in their own minds. Mm-hmm. And so now you hear this statement a lot, my truth, my truth. There is no such thing, in my opinion, as my truth. There's yeah. only one truth. Yeah. Jesus is the way, the yeah. truth. The scriptures reveal that truth. So if your so-called truth don't match up with the truth, then your truth means nothing, right? And so, but what they mean by that is, I don't need to follow no prescript, prescriptive uh, way of truth. I just need to follow what's good for me, mm-hmm. what makes me feel good. And that's totally opposite of the Christian faith. And so we just got to keep preaching Jesus, keep loving God as our, with our whole heart, loving our neighbor as ourselves. Those two things are necessary, but those two things are what we're not doing the most of. If you take God out of any equation at all, you've lost the bar. You've lost the standard for what is good and what is true. Absolutely. It's gone. It is gone, right? And you, you can even see us. Uh, there's a graph that was done that when... Uh, there was a removal of God from the public sector, even schools, how schools just went into a decline with all kinds of different benchmarks and issues. Uh, because listen, as, as the, as president, the, the president Reagan said, you know, we are one nation under God, but if you don't want to be under God, God will let you be under whatever rule you want to be under until he, he sets it straight. Like CS Lewis says, there's two types of people in the world. Those who say, God, your will be done, I'll follow you. And those who say, uh, my will be done, right? And, and, and God will say to that person, since you don't want my will to be done, I'll let your will be done, right? And see where that gets you. Yep. See, what, see how life will be without me. Yeah, that's exactly right. And we're, we're seeing that in so many areas right oh now goodness. in our culture. I mean, it is it's sadly manifesting <clears throat> at a higher rate a higher pace into the ridiculous about how our life, every headline, every day, every news story, it just seems to be another level of just lunacy that's going on in our country. It sure is. Um, and you know, um, it, it's, it's the, the, it's the nature and culture of what happens when God, as Paul said, turns them over. Mm-hmm. to a reprobate yeah. mind. God literally turns you, okay, this is the mind you want, I'll turn you over. And then now we're seeing even in our laws, even in those who are in leadership position, even within the family unit, within our communities, uh, the demise of what happens when we don't want to do things God's way. God has a standard. God has a standard for the family, 
but we're going uh, away from that standard. God has a standard for the church. He has a standard just for government. Mm -hmm. And when we get away from what God has prescribed, then we, we start following other means and other, 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 other types of thinking that leads us away from who God is and just knowing him. Mm. And that's why Paul said, I just want to know him, man. And where are the people who just want to know God and just want to follow him? Cause mm -hmm. those are the ones that are prospering. Those are the ones who, who are prospering, not only in business, but they're prospering in their families. They're prospering their personal lives. When Jesus is a part of your marriage, your marriage is better. When Jesus is a part of your family, you're a better parent. When Jesus is a part of your business, you lead your employees well. You you serve your your employer well. You uh you do business with your um your counterparts well. Jesus makes the difference, Mike. Mm -hmm. Jesus with him, he causes us through the spirit to be better versions of ourselves. That's beautifully said. If you're just tuned in and you're wondering uh, what level of church are we having here today? We're hearing some great <laughs> preaching from my friend David Outing. Uh, David, is uh, he's a business owner, and he has his company is called Corporate Care Partners. And we talked about this the last time that you were with me. You're the CEO, mm -hmm. but you have given a new term to <laughs> CEO, and I yeah. thought that was just amazing. Go ahead and share what you think of when you say that. Well, I, when I started this company or before I started it, I, I sought out certain mentors uh, to help me in the development of my business and myself as a leader, a business leader. And uh, one of my friends is John Thurman. Um, he, he's a great businessman, great, great man of God. And I met with him and he talked about titles that tell a story. Uh, don't just uh, take on a title in business that is traditional. When people see your title, let it tell a story. Let it let them let it cause people to ask questions and say, "Okay, where did that come from?" And then you can tell your story even more. And so I said, "Well, who am I? What do I do?" I I, I love to encourage people, and so as a corporate chaplain, that's what we do. So I am the CEO, which means Chief Encouragement Officer. <laughs> I love that. Uh, I'm just here to <laughs> if you down, I'm going yeah. to encourage you because Jesus is the lifter of our head. He's the great encourager of our soul. And so I bring Jesus to the, to the, to the mix and uh, to the equation. So I just want to encourage people when they're down so that they can look up and find hope in Christ. How long have you had corporate care? Since 2014. Hmm. We, we were, we were born, born in uh, 2014, if you will. God gave me a vision earlier that year. And I think it was um, August, I'm sorry, July 1st, where I went full time into business, had no clients. I was on staff at a Christian nonprofit uh, in this city called Jobs Partnership. And uh, the Lord just led me away and uh, said, I'll be with you. And uh, the moment I walked away, uh, picked up two clients and uh, picked up a third one, uh, picked up a very large one. And God was saying, see, I got you. If you follow me, I got you. And, and, and we began to grow to I think we've have served about 20 companies uh, now and um, uh, that's thousands of employees in the midst, uh, amidst those 20 companies. And we have um, five chaplains and employees that work for us that go into the marketplace. And typically what a chaplain does is, you know, once a week or every other week, a company will have us come in, stop by every office or every cubicle, say, Mike, how you doing, man? How's your family? 
what's going on with you, man. Anything that I can be praying about for you, you need to talk about anything. And, and quite often many are like, man, I'm so glad to see you, Chap. I need to talk about something and we'll go into a private room. We'll pray. We'll talk. We'll listen. Uh, we do hospital, home visits, hospital visits, funeral support for the employees in the marketplace, wow. as well as crisis response. Now that's taking mm. marketplace ministry to another level. Absolutely. I mean, you're literally there to minister in the marketplace. Absolutely. Now there, there might be those that would say, David, can you do that? <laughs> what do you say to them when they're surprised? You know what I tell them? I said, listen, when you talk about the separation of church and state, the state has chaplains. And when you talk about the state, you're talking about the government. There's a chaplain at yeah, the Senate. That's There's right. a chaplain in the House of Representatives. There's chaplains um, in the executive offices. There's chaplains in the in the armed forces. There's chaplains in every sector of our, our government. And chaplains are trained to care for people of all faith or those who have no faith at all. Well, let's pick that up. We're against a break right now. My guest today is David Outing with mm-hmm. Corporate Care Partners, and he is uh, just a fireball for the Lord. I <laughs> think you know that already, but uh, we'll be back with him in a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike, and you're right here on The Shepherd. If you need help with your bookkeeping but can't afford to hire a full-time employee, The Good Books Company is your answer. The Good Books Company is a total bookkeeping solution, working with most industries and offering a free, no-obligation discovery session. The Good Books Company can help you clean up and catch up on all your bookkeeping needs. Visit them at goodbooks.com. That's goodbooks.com. Or call 321-356-0774. That's 321-356-0774. Palm Beach Atlantic University, Orlando, offers three distinct areas of study. An evening Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling, an evening Bachelor's of Science in Human Services, and our new Daytime Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. All of our courses are offered at our beautiful campus on Millennia Boulevard. For more information or to schedule a tour, call 844-PBA-ORLANDO. That's 844-PBA-ORLANDO. Are you looking for the right franchise to open your own business? Green Flag Franchise has the experience and knowledge to help match your business plan with your goals and values. Is your business ready to become a franchise? Green Flag Franchise will help you explore the potential and benefits of franchising your existing company. For a free consultation and coaching, visit GreenFlagFranchise.com. That's GreenFlagFranchise.com. Back again here for segment two. My guest is Chaplain David Outing, and he is the owner of Corporate Care Partners. We were talking right at the end of segment one about how that Americans uh, really embrace the concept. They're familiar with the concept of what it means to be a chaplain, uh, but not necessarily in the application of thinking that a chaplain could actually be a part of a business and and goes into that business. And like you said, you go from office to office, cubicle to cubicle, just saying hello and bringing this CEO that you are, this uh, chief encouragement officer uh, way into their life and really finding out exactly what's going on in their lives. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what you do inside a business. Absolutely. Absolutely. Bringing... We call it the ministry of presence, the ministry of God's presence into the workplace uh, to provide a ministry of caring, a ministry of listening, a ministry 
of just being attentive to the employees. Our tagline for Corporate Care Partners is we take care of you while you take care of business. Right. I like people that. are there to take care of the business of their company, take care of the customers. But who's going to take care of the employees? Because the, in my opinion, the primary customer of a business is not their customer, but their employees, because it's the employees that take care of the customers. Mm-hmm. Right. So as they're being cared for, they're able to provide optimum customer service to the customers. And so we as chaplains, we don't proselytize. We don't go in there uh, with the mindset to to convert people. Now, if anybody want to talk about salvation, they have to create that way. We're, we're, we call ourselves spiritual surfers where we let them create the wave and we ride the wave. And so the wave, that's good. The wave is conversation, right? So if they want to talk about the weather, that's the way we're going to talk about the weather. We want to talk about your grandchildren. You want to talk about that, that grandparent that you just had to put in the nursing home. That's what we talk about. But if you ask us about spiritual things, I will respond this way and say, I can answer that question, but I will, I can only answer it from a Christian worldview. Are you okay with me responding that mm-hmm. way? And, and once they give us the permission, and that's what I started to say. You've got their permission. At I'm that taking point. you to the yeah, cross, right? right? I'm going to take you to the cross, but if it's not of a spiritual nature, then we're just there to care for them. Talk about whatever they want to talk about. I call it the blessed pause. When you pause from your computer, pause from the business of the day, and able to talk about things that are near and dear to you, that five, 10, 15 minutes can be everything to get you through a troublesome time or moment. And mm-hmm. so, and, and when we're not there, even though we do weekly or bi-weekly visits, we're available 24, seven, 365. So an employee can literally call late at night. If they're in trouble, if they need some prayer, they need somebody to talk to, talk them off the ledge. They, uh, a loved one is going into the hospital and they need somebody to come there just to be with them. That's what we do. In other words, we do what pastors normally do for their parishioners. We do that for our employees that we serve. Do you find that many of them are reticent in the beginning to open up before you? Many are and many are not. There are some people just, man, from Jump Street. Man, I'm so glad we have a chaplain, man. I just can't believe my company mm-hmm. provided a chaplain for us. And then there are others who are like, I don't know about this person. I've had bad experiences with religious people. Yeah. Church hurt. Church hurt, Mm -hmm. you know, or they could even be atheists, but they're my neighbor. I'm coming to to love up on you. We're we're coming to smile with you. We're coming to listen to you and we come to care for you. And what I've learned, Mike, is when you love people where they are, even if they were a little reticent in the beginning, over time, life is going to happen. Something is going to happen in their life. And when they think about a person that they want to call, that's either when we get the call or when we do that visit in the workplace, they'll say, I'm so glad to see you. Can we talk? Mm-hmm. And uh, there have been people like, man, I thought I'd never have a conversation with this person. But because of who we are and what we do, and over time we have proven not to be no, to, to have a no judgment zone. We don't go in and judge people. We let people live how they live because it is not our job to correct them as chaplains in the workplace. And so, but if they ask us a question, I will either respond or if it's a real um, divisive question, I will ask them to find their pastor or someone within their um, spiritual discipline to ask them that question. Mm -hmm. Right. And and whatever they say, you know, let it be 
um, what their belief system is based on what their, their pastor says. So, so. It's a, you're a pre, like a parachurch organization in the sense that you, <clears throat> you work alongside, you don't work uh, in competing with churches, but you work mm. alongside. We work alongside. And then point people in the appropriate times to the church. Absolutely. In fact, there, we were trying at one point to create a, a model within our business to help churches care for their staff and for their, their, their people. Um, and it was, um, a, a church care program that we were creating because, um, more and more churches are, are, are getting smaller mm-hmm. and not losing members. And so income mm-hmm. is, is dropped. So there's not always the staff there to take care of the staff and take care of, um, the parishioners. So, uh, could they outsource it to chaplaincy? And the other thing is the staff of a church needs caring for and churches think, well, since we are a church, if any of the staff needs, uh, has, has an issue, they'll come to us because we're pastors. Let me tell you something. When a person is on staff at a church, they feel like they're an employee. They're not going to share things with their employer that they would share with an outsider, a chaplain that comes in that is bound to confidentiality and not going to, um, uh, somehow um, cause their position to be in jeopardy if they share something, you know, very deep and near to them. So mm-hmm. um, we want to come alongside to help churches even, but we have not, you know, we don't, none of our clients are churches at this time. Um, but that is a pro that is a program that could be developed because we're not in competition of the church. We're in, we're, 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 we're here to supplement mm-hmm. what the churches are doing and help yeah. the people. Cause yeah. let me tell you something, man, revival. I think Billy Graham and um, somebody else said about the, the coming revivals would be in the marketplace. Cause even if a person don't go to church, they go on to work. So to be able to have spiritual care in the workplace is uh, very essential for today. Mm-hmm. How did you come to the Lord in the beginning? <clears throat> wow. <laughs> Man, I've been walking with the Lord for real, for real, seriously, since age 11. Wow. I was 11 years old. Uh, now, I grew up in the church. My father was a pastor, evangelist. Um, he tra- We traveled a lo- lot of places, a lot of small churches and small cities and small places. And dad would run revivals. We'd be in church every night. We had to do our homework in church. Uh, Mom would teach us the gospel and have what she called devotion with us at home. Um, I have three brothers, uh, it's four, four, four boys and one girl, all four of us, all four boys are pastors. And our sister is a principal at a middle school in the Atlanta area. Uh, so I call her the pastor of a school basically. And, um, and it's because we, you know, growing up in the church and being poured into, uh, by parents that love the Lord was essential, but I didn't make Christ my own until I was 11. I became a serious student of scripture around the age of 12, where I just read and studied scripture. And oh, great. we started a Bible study for our peers every Wednesday. Wednesday was the short day after school. So we would meet at one of our houses and we would study the scripture. Uh, and it, it was up to like 50 people and kids. And in you our were doing that at age 12, age 12, 13, 14. Yeah. We, you know, right in, in, in a neighborhood of town called Tangelo park. I grew up in Tangelo. Yeah. And it was the Tangelo Park Youth Bible Study Group. And um, we grew to about uh, probably near 50 kids showing up every Wednesday. Oh, my goodness. Just studying scripture. Yeah. 
Did you have any sense in that moment of your life that this was going to be something that would carry over in your adult life? It started happening, uh, I would say, in my early teenage years where um, I, I, I felt like God would um, bring me into some kind of ministry role or pastoral role. I uh, didn't know that God would call me to be a pastor per se until I was in my late teens and just committed. I was I think I was, I was around 19 when I became a young minister in our church. Uh, our father was our pastor. And so um, studying under him, my grandfather was a theologian. And so we, we, everywhere we turned, you know, it was people of God who knew the Lord. And I was a student of old preachers. When I was a kid, I would watch pastors, how they walk. And I would try to walk like them. Uh, I would watch how they do funerals and weddings and how they did everything in church so that when I did my first wedding, I felt really confident because I had seen it done so many times. Mm-hmm. And when you were looking and you were actually being formed in, as a pastor, as a minister, just by what you were experiencing with your family then. Absolutely. They were discipling you. They were, we were being discipled yeah. 24-7, 365. Yeah. You know, my grandfather was my Sunday school teacher, um, and he would teach like he was talking to a classroom full of theologians mm-hmm. and uh, it could be three or four or five of us. And granddad would just pour the scriptures into us. Uh, dad would preach. So with an anointing that would just stir the hearts of everyone in the room. That's what we grew up under. And God used it to help develop me because, you know, we have to make the faith our own mm-hmm. can't be because of mom and dad and granddad and grandma, but it has to be our own. And so, I'm 56 this year. So for 45 years, I've been, Jesus has been real to me. And uh, I married my first girlfriend at age 21. Wow. And um, got married early because um, we just, you know, we believed then we, if we gonna love the Lord and love each other, and they, don't, they don't need to have no long drawn out, you know, courtship. Let's just go and get married and believe God that he's going to help us get through it, you know. Um, so my bride and I, we, we celebrate 35 years this year. That's wonderful. Congratulations. Yeah. That's beautiful. We, uh, are feeling the same way as we get older. Cindy and I will celebrate 46 years Mm. uh, coming up in, uh, September. Wonderful. And, you know, it is so great to, to talk to people like you that have been multiple decades together When you, when you're married, as long as what you have been with your wife, Mm -hmm. you begin to realize what so many people are missing because they jump out way too early of their marriages. They leave their spouses in thinking that, you know, it's a little rough. Well, sometimes things might be a little rough. Uh, It's always rough uh, when you get out of one. That's definitely there, but they don't get the fruit of that uh, beautiful long marriage that you're enjoying right now. Absolutely. Marriage is not a contract. It's a covenant. And if you make it a contract, you, you know, contracts can be Mm -hmm. destroyed. They can be torn. You know, people walk away from contracts. Covenant is something different. And uh, we become one, right? And that doesn't always mean every day is, 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 is peachy and everything is, every day is wonderful. There are times when we, you know, we really didn't want to talk to each other, but when you got Jesus, yeah. If the Holy Spirit is anywhere in you, he's not going to let you stay yeah. in that place. And uh, we have learned to just love uh, through all of that. We love God. And here's the thing. In order to really love somebody, 
the way the, the, the Bible teaches us, you really have to have God as the third person within um, uh, your marriage, mm-hmm. it's husband, wife, and it, there, there needs to be God. Without him, we wouldn't have stayed together. Without him, we wouldn't be in love. We're living our best life right now. I get it. You yes, know, I agree. The kids are gone. Ain't nobody <laughs> calling me for money. You know, it's just April and I, you know, and we can just I run around it. the house and just have fun. And it's just a wonderful time in our life right now. And, uh, and that's because we, we loved each other through uh, raising our kids. We made each other a priority, not our children. That's you good. know, That's you can't, good. your children can't be a priority over your marriage. That's right. I tell, I told my kids, I said, I love your mama more than I love y'all. I want y'all to get it right. Cause one day y'all going to leave me. That's right. She, she is me, right? <laughs> We're one. She's going to stay with me. That's good. So, David. um, as long as I'm loving her, I can love them better. If they see me loving their mom, the way Christ loved the church. And that's what I always tried to concentrate on. That's one of the most beautiful things. Uh, that can happen is, and all the things that you've talked about so far fit into this thing. Our kids need to see us in action. They need to mm-hmm. see us loving our wives. Come they on, need man. to see a dad love their mama and they need to see it. And if they see it and they experience it firsthand, visually happening right in front of them makes a big difference in their lives. Absolutely. My God, I tell people leadership is more caught than it is taught. That's right. Right. And when I say caught, you catch it when you're around. I'm a better leader when I'm around other better leaders. I'm a better husband if I'm around other men who are great husbands. Uh, my children, they see an example. They can it can it can catch. They can catch mm-hmm. it when they see what dad does. So I can tell them, hey, you need to love, you know, you need to love your wife. But dad, I never seen you love your wife. Right. Mom, she always was in the corner crying about something. My kids won't be able to say that. They knew their dad was crazy about their mom. So they they can catch that by what they saw in me. And though I taught it, I really wanted them to catch it. Yeah. And so and that and that's what we need more and more. That's why we started a sports ministry so that the kids who don't have fathers, the kids that don't have um, a, a real strong structure at home, they can see something uh, when they come on the field and they're under our covering at the sports ministry, our, our coaches can become, you know, mentors and surrogate fathers and mothers for the boys and girls that are part of our, our organization, because it's all about affecting the community. I want to affect the community, not just my family. And so many of them in the community do not have the sense of family that you've been blessed with, mm-hmm. that you have actually walked out for your own kids and they need this. And we're going to hear more about David's uh, new venture here with this uh, sports community, this ministry that's uh, that he has. But let's go back to Corporate Care Partners for a second. Give us your website. The website is corporatecarepartners.com. Corporatecarepartners.com. We also have a Facebook page, Facebook, uh, and you can um, uh, um, search, out. search out Corporate Care Partners. So mm-hmm. you can like our page. Um and our number, if you want to call us to get in touch with us, is 321-209-3637. That's 321-209-3637. And that, that call comes directly to me. And uh, I'll be more than happy to have a conversation with anyone who wants to talk about it. That's great. David Outing is my guest. We'll be back with David for one more segment. This is Afternoons with Mike. 
If you are nearing 65 years of age and need to compare Medicare supplement plans, here is great news. You can speak to a licensed professional independent insurance agent at Affordable One Insurance in Orlando. You'll find them to be so trustworthy and helpful. And at Affordable One, there is no cost or obligation for your call. Comparing plans can be confusing. Get the help you need at Affordable One. Call 407-965-4166. That's 407-965-4166. If you've considered the natural beauty of a wood floor, then go with a winner. Ability Wood Flooring has been a trusted source and family-owned and operated since 1950. Ability Wood Flooring is voted best of the best and are featured on A&E's Zombie House Flipping. Ability proudly works with Florida's top builders, winning many awards in the Parade of Homes. Get a free design consultation today. AbilityWoodFlooring.com EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat serves all your comfort needs. With over 40 years' experience, EC Waters is a top trained comfort specialist, earning customers for life with integrity. No wonder EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat has earned a 4.6 or higher out of 5 rating and reviews across all major online platforms. For all your comfort needs, call 407-603-9144 or visit ecwaters.com. Oh, I love having this man up in our studio, David Outing. I had a chance to meet him if you missed our first segment. He spoke at our church, at MetroLife Church, back in 2020. That was not long after my wife and I moved back to Orlando. Mm-hmm. And uh, boy, did we, we just love that uh, message that you brought, David. And uh, I, inv- I, I just had to have you on my show. So you came up back during that COVID time frame. I, uh, I'm so glad that part is over and uh, glad to hear that you're doing so well. Uh, your company is growing corporate care partners. That web address one more time is corporatecarepartners.com. And, uh, David referenced a new ministry, a sports ministry type thing that's going on now. Let's, let's hear a little bit about that. Yes. Um, uh, God just began to speak to our hearts um, after a situation my my son went through as a coach for another organization. And um, and I told him, I said, son, you've been going through stuff like this for a while now. The only way you you will overcome or not have to go through this is you have to create your own. And when I said it, it took a life of its own. A um, few weeks or a month or so later, we just kept talking about it and my wife and my sons, all of a sudden we just decided to um, just kind of put it to prayer. And one Saturday morning, Mike, I prayed, I said, Lord, I am not looking for anything more to do. I'm, I'm busy enough, but if you need me to do something in the area of youth and sports, I am always open to what you want from me. And, um, but wow. you, but you got to make it clear. Mm-hmm. And I prayed and I got up and I went to a pastor's, uh, our annual pastors gathering at our church. I'm, I'm on the pastoral staff at the kingdom church, TKC. Our, our lead pastor is pastor David Jacques. <clears throat> and he was speaking to all the pastors. And at the end of the meeting it was almost done. He said something. He said, you know, somebody told me if we as a church want to make a, a real impact in this next generation, we need a sports ministry. And in particularly a football team. And I said, Oh, well, there you okay. go. And, uh, and I said, well, you know, God has been working on my heart in that area. And so, uh, we'll lead that effort. And so 
We <laughs> just like that. Just like that. <laughs> I love it. We and, and in 2020, we incorporated as the Central Florida Lions Youth Sports Ministry Incorporated. Uh, we call ourselves the Lions because Jesus is the Lion of the tribe of Judah. Yes, he is. And if he's the big lion, we're gonna be the little lions under his leadership. And so we are in AA. We're AAU level three club. Um, we do football and cheerleading now, but this year we plan to expand to um, uh, basketball um, and maybe um, what was that we were talking about uh, in, in the future? Volleyball, maybe mm-hmm. even lacrosse, even golf and swimming. We want to expose kids in the urban community to sports opportunities that they don't normally see in the urban community. And so we want to be the premier Christian sports organization uh, within our community. And that's, now is this one team or is it like multiple teams? Five teams from ages four to 14. Do they play each other? Um, well, in our organization, um, we are in the AAU league, uh, and the local league is, uh, the FYFCL mm-hmm. Florida youth. So they're playing other organizations, other teams in Popka, D land, uh, parts of Orlando. Um, where else? Uh, oh, Brevard County. Um, there are teams, you know, within Central Florida and Brevard County that we play in the AAU league from. And we have five teams. We have a 6U, 8U, 10U, 12U, 14U team. And our cheerleaders are the same. 6U, 8U, 10U, 12, 14. So you're going <clears throat> into leagues that are not run with the same convictions or the same kind of principles that you're teaching your kids. But they get to go in almost as ambassadors and evangelists, right? Absolutely. This is our second year, and people are amazed at uh, how our organization is ran, um, and we're only a first-year program, and that's because we put the Lord out front. Everything we do in service to the community is to let Jesus shine, and so we have a code of ethics that our coaches got to follow. There's no profanity on our fields. Any coaches, they'll, they'll be reprimanded parents can't use profanity when they're out there. Uh, the board, no one, everybody has to follow a code of ethics and conduct under our organization. You can't dishonor a kid, disrespect the kid. You got to, we're going to teach the game. We're going to be firm. We're going to, you know, coaches can be firm. Sometimes we're going to be firm. We're going to teach the game, but we're going to be honorable in how we do it. Mm-hmm. And we expect the parents and the spectators to do the same. We don't fuss at the referees. We don't holler at the referees and anyone that doesn't follow that, um, they will get a, uh, I'll have a conversation with, with the president, which is me. And so, uh, we'll have a nice conversation with them, but it's a culture yeah. that we're trying to uh, promote. And it's a culture of goodness, uh, a winning culture. We want to win and we will win. Um, but we also have a culture that, uh, parents and, and athletes can be proud of because, we love the Lord and we're unashamed. You know, it seems him. that in a day of participation, I'll never forget the first award program that I attended with a particular uh, ministry league. And it was one of those, though, that did not teach winning. It, it basically made everyone a 1000% winner. <laughs> and, you know, so basically at the end of the game, there was no score because everyone won. And I'm a firm believer that that doesn't work. (laughs) I think you have to teach that there are some things you're going to win and some things you're going to lose, but you strive to be a winner. I I don't see Paul being a participant uh, kind of award winner. He just, you're a winner if you play the game. 
Yeah, I don't see it. No, we try to teach life on the life. field, right? There's wins and losses, and you have to know how to lose. You have to know how to win. Uh, you have to know how to compete. Uh, we tell the parents, um, in the game, we do want all the kids to play. Um, but in our league, in the AU, FYFCL league, there is no um, required playing time. If that kid is not ready or if it came down to whether or not we need to win this game and uh, the, the the best players to help us uh, position ourselves to win, then the coaches can make that decision because we don't we do want to win. But the kids will grow. They'll be developed and practice. And we do intend to have everybody play. Don't you think but, that's kind of the, uh, let's say, the American way of doing it? I mean, for years, is. that's what we had even in our public schools. It, it is. It is. But we lost it somehow. America lost Man, their way. Yeah, listen, we, we don't prescribe to that. Yeah. And uh, we don't even play favorites with our own family. And, you know, one of my grandsons um, was on our team, and um, he worked so hard to be on the starting lineup. He started. But then he started uh, not giving his best in practice and it led up to the Super Bowl and um he lost his starting position and uh he did not even play in the Super Bowl. Now mm-hmm. we happened to lose that game. We won every game except that one. Um and the team that beat us they were very good and we come in after them this year. It was a very good competitive but there were parents that were upset with us that their kid didn't get to play in the Super Bowl. We understood but we told them in the beginning this is part of what this league is. We're all about teaching and all about developing the players, but we're also all about winning as well. And we do want to win. Um, and we want to win, not necessarily at all costs, but we want to put position our kids to win so that they can say that they were champions, mm-hmm. you know, and I, it really means something. And it really means something. Mm-hmm. And um, so we came in second. We, and uh, one of our teams went to the nationals. We did a great, Two of our cheer squads got first place as well. And so for a first-year program, I think we did well. And uh, But we're very competitive. And uh, because guess what? When you go into adulthood, adult life is competitive, right? The, the companies hire the best person yeah. they think is going to do a, the, the job for them, right? You're going to get promoted based on if you're the best person for the job. So we want to model that out in the sports ministry as well. I believe that you're onto something that I pray is caught in other communities. <laughs> and uh, going back to your caught and taught things, I've loved that phrase as well for years. Uh, I pray that this catches on and that other cities might be hearing this and think, now that's the way I have believed that it should be. We need something like that in this community. And may- mm. maybe the lions will grow. Yeah, we hope we hope so. Yeah. If anybody wanna look into us, uh cflions.org, C-F-L-I-O-N-S dot org is our website and our Facebook page is um Central Florida Lions. Um, I think it's Central Florida Lions or either CF Lions, but Central Florida Lions, you can mm-hmm. find us on Facebook. Yeah, just go to the Facebook on- uh, search bar and type in Central Florida Lions. Yes. And that'll get them on. That'll get them on. And so uh, we'd love to hear from you. Most of our teams are full now. We do have space for the bigger or the older kids, but um, over 200 kids. And you know what, Mike? I say when I look at them kids on the field, I say for every kid that's on this field, they're not on the street. Yep, that's and for right. every kid that's on this field, they're not home being sucked up by an electronic device. Right. 
right? They're, it's so sad to go to a restaurant, isn't it? And see a family sitting there mm-hmm. and they're not talking. They're not talking. Their faces are in the screen. Man. Uh, and that is heartbreaking. Yeah, don't get me started on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got about two minutes left. Uh, David Outing, a Chief Encouragement Officer Amen. with Corporate Care Partners, my guest today. And uh, that website, if you would like more information about uh, corporate care, maybe even for your business, that would be corporatecarepartners.com. Or you can call David at 321 209 36 Three seven, and I know that he would love to talk with you. And you still are on the preaching circuit somewhat too, right? I am. Um, even though um, I'm not a senior pastor anymore, I'm on a pastoral team. I actually teach Bible study every Wednesday night on Facebook on uh, the Kingdom Church no Facebook page. I'll be on tonight at seven o'clock. All right. Um, and uh, people can find us there, but also other churches that when pastors need to take off and Need I need to fill their pulpits. They'll call me. So I got to do that this Sunday. I got to preach uh, actually here in Eatonville at a church called Redeeming Light Center Church. And then um, uh, my friend Jeff Jakes has had me to preach at at uh, at their church uh, as well, um, at King's Chapel uh, mm-hmm. Church. And so um, there's a number of places and churches that still know me and, and trust to come in and, and bring the word. And I love to preach. Uh, I love to teach, but um, most Sundays I'm sitting on the front pew with my wife, listening to our lead pastor, listening to other preachers preach because I'm so busy during the week. I don't necessarily have to do more, but when God wants me to do more, I'm always willing and ready to do what God wants. Well, me to you do. are a firebrand in your own light. And I, I mean that in a good way. I mean, it's exciting to have you on my show, David. Uh, when I, I go back to that very first time of hearing you speak. Mm. Uh, it was beautiful because your message, it transcends cultures uh, in, in that uh, this division that we talked about. I believe your message really is a gap message. It's a message that will help bring them together. Mm. And I pray that God would just use you more and more and more. And I'm very excited about the opportunities that you will have in these businesses that employ mm. corporate care that uh, there'll be even more hearts that will open up to you amen, at a more fast pace than ever before. So thank you for coming in and being with us one more time. Well, it's been my love and my honor to be here. Um, Mike, thank you for uh, just opening up the opportunity for us to share and share what God is doing in us and share about the company, share about the sports ministry and just, just have a, a just an overall general conversation. And so, Love you, man. Appreciate what you're doing. Thank you. Because what you do really matters, man. And just getting, you know, good information out in the airways on the radio and, and on your um your podcast. And so may the Lord bless and keep you Thank and your you. family. I appreciate and it. And this radio station as well. God blessings to you all. Thank you. David Outing, my guest today. And friends, we'll see you the next time right here on the Shepherd Radio Network on Afternoons with Mike.